Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are quickly coming to the end of 2 Timothy. And we're seeing where Paul is basically giving some personal insights, some instructions, some commands uh, to Timothy, letting him know what's going on with folks. We saw in the last episode, beginning with verse 9 of the fourth chapter, that Paul had told Timothy to make every effort to come to him as soon as he could. And then he says, for, and then he tells him some things that happened. Demas, who had been with them, had been supportive, and had worked in the ministry of the gospel, had loved this present world and had deserted Paul. And so apparently he'd gone back to an old lifestyle or something that loved this present world is not good. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Now those two right there had been uh, sent out by Paul into these places. Then in verse 11, Paul said, only Luke is with me. So Luke was the last one that was with him. Paul knew that his life was close to an end. Uh, There were some things that had come and that had occurred in his life that we're about to see maybe in this episode, maybe in the next one. But uh, he'd already given a defense, so apparently there was some form of a court proceeding that had already taken place, and he was still incarcerated. So Luke was with him. Verse 11, Paul told Timothy, pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for service. And even though Paul's at the end of his life, he's still thinking down the road. He's thinking, well, if I live, I need certain things. And so... uh, he also mentioned verse 12 that he had sent uh, Tychicus uh, to Ephesus. Then in verse 13, he told Timothy, he said, You know, swing by there and bring that cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus and the books, especially the parchments. And so if he was going to spend the balance of his life imprisoned, which he did, as far as we know, um, then he wanted to have the books, he wanted to have the parchments, likely uh, copies that he had of portions of the scripture. He wouldn't have had the entirety, but he had portions of it. Then in verse 14, uh, he changes the subject a little bit, but he's still giving instructions to Timothy. He says this, Alexander, the coppersmith, didn't mean much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. You see... uh, this guy mentioned in a in a couple of other places where we know is probably the same guy. You see another Alexander, I think, in Acts, which is probably not the same guy. It's a very, very common name, like the name John is in the United States. Um, but he was warning Timothy. He said, this coppersmith did me much harm, but you know what? God's going to repay him. Well, you wonder, what kind of harm could he have done? Well, I think we get a hint in the next verse. Verse 15, Paul tells Timothy, Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. Oh, okay. So what kind of harm did he do? Well, he vigorously opposed their teaching. Well, that's one thing to be in a debate and oppose and all that kind of stuff. But will that actually bring forth harm? I guess in one sense you could say that it would harm understanding of the gospel, per se, if we can say it that way, because somebody is standing vigorously against the truth that you're proclaiming. But, you know, I'm not too sure that there wasn't something that was going on here that Alexander was planning all sorts of different things. You know, I wonder, um, 
just exactly what that might have been. And I'm not sure we know. Uh, but it looked like that it, uh, the way that Paul described it, that it did me much harm. Okay, me much harm. Not the cause of Christ, not the gospel, but it did me much harm. I suspect it could have been something like he was uh, uh, involving the powers that be. Let me just put it that way. In getting back at Paul. You know, in our society today, <coughs> there's any number of ways to uh, really cause a lot of pain in people's lives. And uh, this is what this guy had done. And Paul's actually warning Timothy about it. He said, hey, beware of this guy. And then uh, in verse 16, Paul lets Timothy sort of know what's going on. The verse I mentioned a while ago. At my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. And so uh, we're not exactly sure what this means. It probably is that he was uh, uh, hauled before the, the Roman courts and things like that. And he says, don't, don't let it be counted against him. Nobody came and uh, supported me at my defense. In other words, nobody was there. They deserted me. We know that some left him. We know that some had gone other places. But also, it's probably the greater part of wisdom not to be seen too closely associated with somebody that's being hauled in for trial at that time, right? But then Paul says this, verse 17, 2 Timothy 4. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. That is an amazing thing. He said, you know what? Everybody deserted me. Everybody abandoned me. But the Lord was with me. And the Lord stood with me. And the Lord strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished. Uh, I'm interpreting that, that even when he was on trial, that he brought forth the truth of the gospel message so that the Gentiles could hear. And then he says, and I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. That would have been one of the ways that they would have killed him in the arena type of thing. And so he was rescued. He was still alive after that first defense. And it looks like he was alive in the midst of proclaiming the gospel. You know, of telling them the truth of the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 18, the last verse we'll look at today. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Paul closes several portions of First and Second Timothy. I like that with a, a little doxology type of thing. But notice what he says. He says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed. And that is the absolute truth for all believers. He will rescue us from every evil deed. And then he says, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. See, we think that being rescued from an evil deed will mean that no harm comes against us or we will not die. No, Paul was just viewing it. You know, I'm going to be rescued from every evil deed if I get uh, rescued out of the lion's mouth like happened last time that just means I can proclaim the gospel more I can just continue speaking forth the truth if if they kill me then the Lord will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom either way you go I'm rescued and that's the that's a difference in mindset than the way most people are okay? when we see something that somebody dies for the faith we think it's a horrific thing. Or if they just live a long life in faith and then die, we say, well, we've lost them. What do you mean you lost them? They're not lost. They've been brought safely to his kingdom. And then he just praises God to God be the glory forever and ever for what he has done. We would do well to keep that same type of mindset. Okay. 
that even if everybody abandons us, the Lord stands with us and the Lord will strengthen us. If we open our mouth to herald, to proclaim the truth of the gospel, then the Lord will be glorified. Okay? He might rescue us out of the lion's mouth. They may kill us. If they kill us uh, in our physical body, our corporeal bodies, then he will bring us safely into his heavenly kingdom. Either way, to the praise and the honor of the glory, the glory of the Lord. Anyway, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye.